यू आर लिसनिंग टू अमिंट प्रोडक्शन प्रॉट यू बाय एच टी स्मार्ट कास्ट Hello and welcome to Mint Dialogues, a weekly podcast where we focus on the big questions in personal finance and investing. My name is Neil Borate and I head the personal finance team at Mint. I will be your host for this podcast. The podcast is a Mint production and is available on htsmartcast.com, India's fastest growing podcast producing platform. Hello folks uh, I'm Abhinav Paul from Mint and welcome to this session of Twitter Spaces where we're going to discuss is bitcoin becoming the new gold uh, on the panel today we have uh, Preeti Rati Gupta founder of Lakshmi Siddharth Sogani founder and CEO of uh, Krivako Global Ashish Chanda founder and CEO of uh, crystal.ai and Harsha Chetanwala co-founder of My Wealth Growth uh, I'm also joined by my colleague Neil Welcome uh, everyone and thank you for taking out time to participate in this session on a holiday. Uh, we are still expecting uh, Preeti, Ashish and Harshad to join in. In the meantime, before we hear our experts, a few quick announcements for our listeners. Uh, first about the format of the session, folks will begin with a discussion with our experts and then later we'll have a Q&A session. Uh, so please don't send your requests for questions just yet. I also want to mention that this session has been recorded. So if any of you step up to ask a question to keep in mind that this session will will become a part of the main podcast. Thank you. Siddharth, uh so if I can start with you, experts are saying that bitcoin is becoming the new gold. Uh, so what does this mean exactly? So um basically gold has always been seen as a store value, you know, whenever there is a re- recession like uh, if you see in 2008 when there was a recession, um even even before that there have been several instances so whenever there is a recession and the and the yield curve goes negative people start moving their money to gold okay because gold uh, is is a store value it is it is a reserve so <clears throat> till till 2008 there was gold silver all these things but now we have bitcoin which is a non correlated asset so that means if the financial ecosystem uh say there is a there is a recession or there's a war or you know there is any uh, there is corona virus right we we saw the, even during the covid times uh, crypto and, and bitcoin they it recovered the fastest of, of course there was a panic sell for uh, a week but it recovered and it is up uh, and, and it has outperformed every everything else so basically uh the new gold what what it is uh you know what what we are seeing it is <clears throat> see gold has a limited supply okay you you have to understand these fundamentals gold has a limited supply and it is globally recognized it has uh it has more transparency right uh in in terms of uh, you know if if you, wherever you are people accept gold okay but now bitcoin has the same features but it is digital it is it has store of value it is limited in supply and it is accepted worldwide and it is a non correlated asset so bitcoin is now being called a new gold um of course it is it is more volatile in terms of its pricing but we have seen in the last 6 months that bitcoin has started stabilizing in terms of everyday volatility so 
yeah i mean if you have any follow up questions i can i don't do it sure uh, so before we dig deeper into this bitcoin versus gold debate and uh, now we have on a panel uh, we have joined by preeti ashish and harshad um welcome uh, guys uh, uh, harshad can you throw some light on what role gold has been playing in investors portfolio um sure abhinav uh, thank you thank you for inviting me for this talk and it's a pleasure to be here uh, as far as the you know the impact of covid goes on the portfolio of investors because we all have seen how uh, you know uh, how has been how, how has been the impact on the equity side okay where we saw massive capital erosion up to the month uh, up to the month of march hello. 2020 hello uh so that you're audible yeah yes harshad you're audible so that can you please uh, put your mic on mute hi uh, can you please uh, put yourself on mute um uh, uh i i'm trying to do that i'm yeah. trying uh it's a i think a button is on the left bottom corner of on your mobile yeah harshad please continue yeah um, am i audible uh, yes you are okay thanks thanks you are, you are so you know when we look at covid and covid 19 the impact on the portfolio if, uh, one of the thing that is that we have we have clearly seen is the impact on the equity portfolio where you know massive there was, there was a massive erosion of capital till the month of uh, march and then you know the, we saw that that quick recovery now when you look at the portfolio from from an overall perspective where equities had taken a massive beating during that phase and you saw gold actually gold started uh, you know rising right from september 2020 and it had a phenomenal run from september 2020 to august 2020 uh, 2021 and during that phase where equities were going down gold was you know proving to be a very strong hedge against the equity okay. and over the period of time what we saw is you know, as as you saw recovery coming in the gold tend to become more and more flattish and that is how gold has behaved across these years all the time during the uh, you know the crisis so whenever there are crises and i think siddharth was just i think siddharth did touch base on this point and whenever you see crises around the world there is there is one asset class which will chip in because people feel much more comfortable holding gold rather than you know equity or any other asset class and then as things get stabilized you know gold will tend to be flattish or sometimes it can go negative which we are seeing right now and this is not happening for the first time with gold it has happened in past as well so from an overall uh, portfolio perspective of course you know during the covid lot of people have seen massive changes in their portfolio but it's it was good to see that people have taken the opportunity of falling markets and investing into equities to restructure their portfolio all right uh but, but apart from an inflation hedge gold is also a safe haven asset uh which bitcoin as of now isn't uh, boomers have been quite volatile my question to you is given this scenario can we say uh, bitcoin will replace gold let me take that uh, but i want to just touch upon you know why gold is what is what is gold standard all about and why gold is what it is right and how did it all start uh, you know when when gold became the gold standard so you know in in 1933 uh, i'll just tell you the story of 1933 in 1933 the the president of the us i think it was roosevelt uh, basically announced a dictat saying that everyone is required to surrender all gold coins 
all gold certificates and anything to do with gold to the Federal Reserve in exchange for the U.S. dollar. So basically, uh, the the gold uh, as as an asset or as a as a store of value was being used as a um, as an asset to uh, uh, launch the uh, print print more money. So any money being printed had to be backed by gold in some uh, shape or sense, right? So in 1933, the gold standard was adopted by the U.S. and then it spread to other countries. And that's how gold became a store of value because, let's say, governments across the globe, starting with U.S. in 1933, uh, started doing that. Uh, now you fast forward almost 90 years uh, hence uh, and see what's happening today. The central banks today are actually, in a way, scared or, or let's say, apprehensive of uh, of cryptocurrencies, uh, uh, Bitcoin being the leader of them. And the reason why that is because it's actually questioning the gold standard, because it's questioning that why is gold the the central thing of value which should back the US dollar or the Indian rupee or any other. No, but Ashish, right? there, is, there is no longer any, there's no longer any gold standard, correct. right? Fiat currency is not backed. That is correct. That is correct. But the whole formation in 1933 of that gold standard had happened uh, in that sense. And that's when it became a store of value and it continued. Now the currencies are not backed by that. Now the, every country has a different monetary policy and different ways to, to back it up. Now what's happening is what Bitcoin has done is, Bitcoin, again, it's a, it's a, uh, it's a limited uh, supply, yes. But what's also happening is that there is a decentralized way that is there's a group of people let's say all the investors across the world who are accepting that as either a commodity or a currency or a store of value and that is outside of the purview as of today in the, in all central banks so is it actually a a safe hedge is it a commodity is it a currency is it a store of value those are the kind of questions being being asked and it's very difficult to say today that yes it's a hedge to equities it's a hedge to inflation which gold has been because that's where the the whole history of uh, of gold has been right but if you see what's happening today it is giving you the freedom to hold your assets across geographies, uh, across uh, various political lines, and take that uh, particular uh, uh, asset as, as a store of value. Right. So it is moving right. in that direction. So Ahish, yeah. Sure. So I'm sure historically you have allocated a certain part of your client's money to yeah. gold, and more recently uh, also cryptocurrency. So what is the uh, percentage for both at present? So typically, if you look at a, like an all-weather portfolio, right, which which most people look at, which has a kind of balance allocation in, in various uh, equities, fixed income, and gold, that all-weather portfolio now has, and let's say typically the gold allocation in that is anywhere between uh, 6 to 15%, depending on which kind of all-weather you follow. Now, a lot of people, and in fact, we have also started recommending that anywhere between 2 to 5% of your portfolio uh, should go into uh, the, this new asset class, but this is the asset class of the future. And anywhere between two to five percent, you should allocate to any coins. It could be Bitcoin or Ethereum or maybe some others. But that's the kind of five percent allocation that people have started following. A lot of people are doing a lot more than that, but that could be more speculative. But definitely, it has become a part of core asset allocation today. Uh, and uh, the market share is taking right. and Ashish, in some sense. Has that? Yeah. Has that come at the cost of gold that you've cut down proportionately the allocation to gold or has it come at the cost of 
something else like fixed income yeah so i would say that it's not seen as a hedge to anything because it's a very very volatile in fact in fact bitcoin uh, or cryptos are the most volatile asset class in some sense compared to equities fixed income or gold it has come at the cost of both i would say equities as well as gold uh with the compete when when bitcoin competes with gold it is because it's an alternate asset class and gold has been an alternate asset class when bitcoin uh, takes the market share from equities it's because of the returns or or you know the the overall uh, uh, uh rally that it has been having uh, over time so i would say it's taken away from both gold as well as equities in some sense all right uh, so i mean uh, if festive season is ongoing in india and indians love buying gold also one research recently pegged that more than 10 crore indians have brought bought crypto so far uh, so preeti do you think investors are reducing their gold exposure to add to bitcoin uh hi uh, everyone uh, thank you for having me here and um, so look i think um, it, it's a it's a very broad statement to make that you know people are removing money from gold to put into bitcoin um i think what is happening is is that a lot of the younger generation you'll see a lot of the millennials gen z excited about bitcoins i think um everyone else is still sort of waiting and watching and also india particularly i mean india is still we still struggling with regulation and you know clarity on regulation etc so even if you put that aside and just look at bitcoin versus gold right that's the sort of conversation we are having um what really works for bitcoin is the fact that it has the programmability uh which is essentially that it can have automated features you can build derivatives on it it's just you know there's so much more you can do anybody can buy a bitcoin anywhere um my fundamental question here is and you know i mean the point that whether it can really sort of replace gold i don't think we have enough data over long periods uh over long time periods to make a hypothesis i mean we just we just heard right the gold standard or the, the whole gold you know being a hedge against inflation that's a hypothesis or that's the sort of uh, you know research that we've done since almost like 100 years right a century right i don't Sorry, think so we have see, enough uh, if if your client at anandrati came to you and said that look i'm interested in uh, bitcoin and cryptocurrencies how much should i allocate so what would your response be would it be zero would it be 5% what would it be well right now still the regulation is not clear i would not uh, i would not actually recommend anybody to put any money in bitcoin however you know what and and you know today i'm i'm representing lakshmi which is which is really a platform for women to invest in and we have a lot of conversation happening on our community about investing in cryptocurrencies bitcoin etc and my only sort of two bits there is that you know right now the money that so which part of your portfolio really goes into bit, bitcoin is the one that you put aside where it's high risk high return exponential returns but you're also willing to take that risk it's pretty much like the idiot money right that you're okay to sort of say okay i'm willing to you know i'm willing to take that risk lose it but what i'm looking for is that big jump in my portfolio value right that's the amount of money that you should put in so i wouldn't really right now put it in any percentage terms i think if you have money that you want to really play with you're okay you want to you're okay losing it because i'm frankly very you know till there is there's there isn't sort of regulation around it i'd be a little skeptical in advising customers or clients uh, to invest in bitcoins 
Uh, right. And how about gold? What percentage would you all- allocate to that? Well, gold increasingly, I think, I mean, we've we've sort of been always saying anywhere between 5 to 10%, depending on what your portfolio size is. And ultra high net worth would invest about 10% in gold, uh, you know, where, and also your age, right? If you are 25, then you obviously don't want to put any money in gold, right? You want to put it into the uh, high growth assets like equity. Uh, so it, it's, it's a combination of a lot of factors, but anywhere between 5 to 10%. Right. Uh, so, I mean, uh, Preeti, but the Bitcoin has gained 400% since the start of the year, sorry, uh, over the past one year, and gold is down about 10% or so. So, uh, given this situation, how would you still make a case for gold in a portfolio? Well, I think for me, I think the secret sauce and for I think this is true for the entire investment world has always been asset allocation, right? You don't, you you obviously should not and can't put all your money in one basket. So therefore, if you allocate certain amounts, and I think one of the things about Bitcoin here is, and which is which which is the dissimilarity between gold and Bitcoin is that gold is traditionally been, you know, inversely correlated to equity markets. Whereas with Bitcoin, and of course, right now with the printing of money, just every asset class seems to be going in one direction. But typically you would asset allocate, you would diversify and therefore a certain amount in gold. And we have seen actually, if you look at the last 20 years uh, return in gold, you would see an annualized CAGR of anywhere around 10 10 to 11%, which in a traditional portfolio is all right. I know today you look at 400% gains, et cetera, and this may seem very uh, sort of, um, uh, you know, very, very small um, uh, growth in your uh, portfolio. But also one must remember the volatility, right? Where we've seen 400% growth, we've also seen like 50% downsides, which is a huge downside at one go. Right. Uh, so, so that, as Preeti just mentioned, uh, gold is also preferred by investors because it has weak link to stocks. But over the past one year, we have seen Bitcoin reacting to each mac- macroeconomic event just like stocks. Uh, can this be an argument against Bitcoin? See, whenever there is, you know, say say there is COVID or something right, like that, uh, COVID has been a very good example and a case study for all of us. So when there is a panic sale, or panic in the market, everything falls temporarily. But it is important to see how um, how fast it recovers. If you see uh, when when the COVID news broke out in uh, 2020 February, um, everything fe- fell. All right, and even even uh, Bitcoin fell down by almost uh, 40 45 percent in uh, in one day. And uh, but it recovered also in one week's time. So, you know, uh, we have to see that uh, in in the see, eventually everything is, uh, you know, used by the traders and the investors. So in, you know, if there is a sale thing uh, uh, like a panic sale happening, everything will fall. But we need to realize and, and observe that how fast it recovers. So um yeah that's 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 one of the main arguments and also uh see gold uh is is there in almost every portfolio today and uh there have been a lot of transparency issues with gold as well you know the china scam which happened uh with gold and all these things even jp morgan and and again gold gold and everything is uh is traded as commodities and it 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 is also sold as paper bonds 
but bitcoin cannot be sold as a paper bond because you can verify it digitally right right uh, my next question is on legislation uh, when it comes to cryptocurrencies it is a major risk uh, like we saw in china uh, ashish what is your view on this so i think the central definitely they want to come up with their own coins uh, because they are uh, kind of skeptical of uh, having an unregulated market i think the market is already big enough uh, mm-hmm. and the adoption is already big enough for uh, uh, regulation to kill it uh, it's always a risk in fact if you see there has been news out of india china and there are temporary setbacks in terms of the price movements uh, whenever such news comes out but at the end of the day the the power of crowd is is more than the the power of certain regulations coming out so yes regulatory risk remains Uh, but i think the market is already grown enough or mature enough or has been accepted by institutional players by corporates by marketplaces by even governments in some cases uh, uh, to actually uh, ride through all these kind of negative news coming around it right uh, so today there were reports like uh, uh, future etfs of bitcoin might get approved by uh, sec in the us uh, how big Uh, do you think this news is ashish it's actually pretty uh, pretty uh, big because see what happens is today most of the investors in the crypto world are the digitally savvy players and the institutions or uh, or the other um, uh, accounts are uh, corporates and institutions let's say are actually followers of the millennials let's say but as these uh, assets become more mainstream through the use of etfs or futures or exchange traded notes uh which we know any with the exchange rate notes are there you know whether it's grayscale or btc and many other uh, uh kind of trackers and funds so as they become more uh, more uh, um, institutional friendly then the big money sorry just yeah. to clarify uh just to clarify for the our listeners the current etns are listed i believe in canada and some other countries the us so far has been a hold out and i guess today's news might change things yeah the etns today i think are in in canada and in uh, europe and sweden uh and the uh, us has this grayscale uh, trust so it's there in some shape or form uh, in terms of a tracker note but when it becomes but they ETF, are uh, open for institutional investors right these uh, grayscale uh, instruments that's that's correct so that's the way institutions have been doing it but when you make something an etf then it becomes really really mainstream uh, both in terms of the regulatory scrutiny and the liquidity around it and uh, how people can access it in in a very simplistic form and that makes it uh, a lot more mainstream because it brings about a lot more liquidity to it and a lot more comfort for a number of institutions to come and do it uh, because in the current format which is it's there it's still in, in a quasi structured way so you can't have pension money coming into it insurance money coming into it in a in a big way because when these guys come so imagine a a big pension fund you know, look at norway look at norway right norway the sovereign fund is like trillion dollars if they allocate like a couple of percentage points 1 2 3 5 it it's a game changer for how these things can do but their rules their investment rules will not allow them to buy let's say these structured trusts or or uh, notes but etfs are 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 there so it just opens the access to a lot more uh, 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 you know a client base and actually uh, makes it set for the next leg of right uh, neil would you uh, like to add to... any listener if there are any requests or questions Yes, yes. I'll just approve. And uh, before people ask, I want to get Harshad's uh, view yep. on how much to allocate to Bitcoin. So we have two distinct views. One from Ashish. Uh, I think he said around two to five percent, 
and one from preeti who said that um, not really but if people are have, have some money that they are completely okay losing fully then perhaps that can go to bitcoin so uh, i'll just get some questions and in the meantime harshad uh, if you could formulate your answer uh sure neil uh, so my my response is more in lines with uh, you know what preeti has shared okay uh, so so one is predominantly because uh, most of the investors in india are like you know they they really like investing into gold and there's a strong reason for investing into uh, gold okay uh, historically for centuries gold has the ability to hold its value okay. uh, gold if you if you talk about gold if we talk about usd inr it still continues to hold some interest in, you know it has an intrinsic value to it bitcoins yet to prove that okay. uh, coming to you know uh, you know from a regulatory perspective there is a lot of lack of clarity most of the central banks are yet to accept uh, uh, bitcoins or cryptocurrencies yeah. and when we look at gold we look at gold as a strong hedge against inflation and we don't invest into uh, gold from a return perspective we, we we invest into gold to ensure that the value of money is stored what we have seen in bitcoin particularly in last one year it is has behaved more like or it has more correlation to equities the kind of volatility that we have seen uh you know, and of course you know we you know we have to keep in mind that you know there has been dominance of usd as a as a global currency throughout many years now but gold is still considered to be a global currency along with uh, usd so that's that's a strong case for gold coming to the allocation part you know the allocation still continues to be around 5 to 10% depending on the uh, you know uh, on the on the investor and you know, what stage of investor it, uh, on they are to gold right to gold that's only okay uh, bitcoin we do not uh, you know recommend bitcoin as of now Okay. Uh, we would like to wait for you know more more clarity on it yeah and we do we do get a lot of queries at our end okay. on bitcoin but we would like to you know uh, it's more of a wait and watch yeah till the time there is there's more regulatory uh, because today if in case i invest in gold or you know any other asset class i have regulators to go and approach to yeah. whom do i go and approach if in case i hold a bitcoin yeah. and then volatility is not you know okay. is, is is quite high so that's that's the reason we avoid okay or we we do not recommend bitcoins right now to our clients but yes on gold part it's around 5 to 10% depending on their appetite and what stage of life they are okay thanks ashish so we've invited a couple of questioners i request everyone to mute themselves except the person i asked to uh, speak first so uh, if abhijit and sadak if you could mute yourselves and we will come to you in a bit uh sharath would you like to ask your question please sure thanks neel uh, so my question is there was a one report by msci and it's it said that uh, some of the uh, some of the cryptocurrency risks might creep into equity markets mostly when the listed crypto companies when they get added to the index it might have a creeping crypto ex- exposure especially the equity uh, market so what's your view on that i mean is it like reading too much into it or just an early warning signal 
perhaps one for Ashish. Yeah, so so see if you look at uh, if you're talking about the listed companies, it predominantly means uh, as of now only Coinbase. Uh, you could have Binance and Kraken going for IPO soon, maybe. Uh, uh, but basically, what happens is that the weightage in an index for these companies is going to be not too high to create a problem in the index composition and create a high correlation to the equity market. But realistically, what has happened over the last couple of years is that. And that's very evident from the GameStop saga, GameStop and AMC stocks. You know the the Reddit, uh, the Reddit uh, meme stocks. Is that the investor base that is driving the market today? Is actually the retail, the millennials, and that power of crowd has trumped the power of uh, institutional flow in some sense. And that same crowd is invested in uh, uh, cryptocurrencies. So you know, which is why you see a very strong correlation between uh, ARK ETFs and Tesla stock and Bitcoin because people are holding all these things in some kind of a combination uh, as, as a momentum play in their portfolios. Uh, so I think that's likely to have a larger impact than the listed companies coming into the index as such. Thank you. Thanks. That's interesting. Crowdonomics in the sense. Uh, great. Thanks, Ashish and Sharath. Abhijit, would you like to ask your question? Yeah, uh, I just want to know that uh, since uh, there is uh, no uh, clarity on the part of the regulator, there is no regulatory framework. So would it be uh, a wise decision to invest at this point of time? Or can we go uh, what we are, what you were talking earlier that there are, uh, there are certain ETFs that are about to come in the United States? Uh, tracking these uh, cryptocurrencies. So would it be a, a, another good thing to chase these ETFs? And is it possible for Indians to go via the LRS route uh, to invest in these ETF? If you can, please let us know. Harshad, would you like to take that one? Sure. Uh, so, so uh, so that, let me answer the answer the first point that you said that you know uh, understanding the lack of clarity on how how bitcoins are behaving and how they work it is right now at this stage of course a lot depends on uh, you know what is your profile and you know what what is the reason behind you would like to invest into uh, you know bitcoin but right now if in case you are not prepared to invest into it is better to wait and see how does things unfold yeah. Uh, of course, there are talks about, and we we also heard you know, right now about the ETFs in bitcoins. And over the period of time, we'll come to know, uh, you know, how how they are going to work and how they are going to behave. But one thing is going to be there, irrespective of ETFs coming up in you know in in cryptocurrencies, that the underlying asset will continue to be you know cryptocurrencies. So so that's that's how typical ETFs will work, right? So an index ETF will have index, like likewise your cryptocurrencies will uh, you know have you know eat crypto crypto ETFs will have cryptocurrencies. So underlying assets will continue to be cryptocurrencies, and till the time we are not very sure about the entire things about crypto, and you know it's not necessary to invest till the time you know uh, you know you don't understand it, right? So it's always better to understand that asset class and then invest into it. So you can wait and watch, in my view. And then let's see how things unfold in US and you know the other places where you know we see ETFs gaining more traction, and then probably you can look into it. And that too is a very small allocation whenever it comes to. Uh, Abhijit, does that answer your question? Yeah, thank you, thank you very much, Harshad. Thank you. Thanks, Harshad. Vikas, would you like to go ahead, please? I want to share my opinion with you guys. So I think. Uh, I think Bitcoin has a lot of opportunity in the future. Like the market is going on slowly, slowly. 
बट इसमें काफी गवर्नमेंट को थोड़ा सा चेंजेस कर गवर्नमेंट को लॉस लाने चाहिए जो कि इसको कंट्रोल कर सके और जैसे कि मार्केट में भी ग्रोथ है मार्केट में जैसी ग्रोथ देखते जा रहे हैं तो स्कोप है बट इन इंडिया मार्केट 70 और 30 का है अभी भी लोग बाग जो निचले तबके के हैं या छोटे स्मॉल फैमिलीज हैं वो 70 परसेंट आप अगर आप उनसे पूछोगे तो वो प्रोबेबली गोल्ड पे ही ज्यादा इन्वेस्ट करने की सलाह देते हैं क्योंकि ये अभी नई करेंसी है तो इट टेक टाइम बट हाँ स्कोप है मेरे हिसाब से इसका जस्ट फॉलोइंग अपन दैट Uh, I mean, uh, unlike stocks which are traded on BSE, NSE, Bitcoin, Ethereum are traded. Uh, the prices are set globally, and then uh, we see a reaction to those prices on Indian exchanges. Would it be possible for uh, a, a government, Indian government, to control the prices on like domestic level? Ah, uh, not really. Ah, uh, see, uh, the idea of Bitcoin is uh, is global. Okay, so. If if it is a global currency, the prices are actually I won't say it is controlled by anybody. It is more on the basis of consensus and the trade volumes. And and since most exchanges they derive their uh, uh, volumes as well as uh, um, the order books from other exchanges, prices will always be on a global scale. But yes, the Indian exchanges they add some. Um, um percentage on top of it probably 2 to 3 percentage so if you compare uh, in india you will get bitcoin more expensive uh, than in the us because uh, of the added costs and uh, you know it's it's just like how how gold is cheaper in uh, dubai and uh, a little expensive in india because of the uh, overheads and everything similarly uh, due to that india in india it will be uh, slightly expensive but uh i i just want to add to one of the previous questions uh, if when everybody is looking at bitcoin they are talking about regulations but bitcoin is supposed to be above regulations it is just a code it is already programmed so and it is at a global level so you it is meant to be not regulated so when people say that you know regulations aayega this that it's 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 okay i mean it has to be there has to be some regulation but you cannot regulate something which is regulated by its own protocol so i'll just uh, yeah over to you right thanks sir right thanks uh, uh, krishna would you like to go ahead? abhishek neel can i just come in here for a minute uh, you know i i completely hmm. agree with sadar uh, sadar that <clears throat> you know bitcoin is is decentralized right so the idea is not to regulate bitcoin the idea is really to regulate the players and the exchanges I mean, <clears throat> I have a personal example. So I think 2017, I had bought bitcoins, and I remember that the government just completely slammed down on it. And I think when you went to sell it on the exchange, there was a huge spread, right? Because suddenly there were no buyers for it. And I think this is what is. I mean, that's just one example. But I know a lot of people today who are buying bitcoins, putting it up as collateral. and then borrowing money and buying some more bitcoins now i think the important piece here is that look we have some great exchanges already here uh, in the country but i also think that you know with the good apples there are bad apples and today with the young generation and everybody who is looking to invest into bitcoin 
you know, you want to make sure that the players in the market, people who are providing those platforms are also governed. Uh, that is the only regulation, I think. And I think that once it comes in, it'll be great. I mean, even now today, it's a great opportunity to invest internationally where it is it is regulated if you're allowed to, by the way. Uh, if it's regulated, great, because you know that the money that you're putting in is going in the right place. Uh, and I think to me, that's what regulation is about. Right. Thanks, Preeti. Uh, Krishna, would you like to go ahead? Yes. Hi. Hi, everyone. Hi, Preeti. Uh, hi, so I, hi. So I want to make two very important points. I was listening to some of the speakers earlier. And uh, I'm a retail investor. I am a fan of the cryptocurrency worse. And uh, I have faith in Bitcoin. Uh, but at the same time, I agree with what Preeti said, that one has to be extremely careful. And, and that if, you know, uh, some sort of a clampdown comes upon cryptocurrencies, then yes, then there is nowhere else to go, etc., etc. All those problems aside, two very important points. Bitcoin is extremely volatile, yes, but it's very important that we also think about what time frame that we're looking at. If you want to trade uh, Bitcoin through just one day, a duration of one day, yes, it's very, very, very volatile. But uh, there is a philosophy within the Bitcoin verse which says that you never sell your Bitcoin, that you sort of huddle it, HODL, huddle it forever. And when you do that, then might I say that it is not volatile. If you're looking at holding it for decades, if you want to pass it on as generational wealth, then I don't think that it is volatile. Uh, the second very important uh, point is that for a retail investor like me, so I don't have the financial uh, education or the economic education that uh, a lot of financial experts have. I'm a complete uh, retail investor, so to say. But uh, I could study the uh, Bitcoin philosophy. I could study the white paper. I could, you know, I could gather all this information and knowledge on my own. And what appealed to me as a retail uh, investor from middle class India was this fact that when I buy Bitcoin, it is my own and that it is extra legal in the sense that the government or regulations or banks or somebody else does not get to say what I do with it. Yes, it comes with two sides that, uh, of course, if I sell it at a loss, it is my loss. But if I hold it and if I get immense profit from it, then again, the profit is mine and it is mine alone. It's my responsibility. Uh, so sort of to say that my money, my keys, my money. So, uh, the bank doesn't get to say, the tax man doesn't get to say, unless, of course, I liquidated my position in Bitcoin and then uh, converted into fiat. So my uh, two cents about this is just this, that, yes, it is risky if you look at a lower time frame. If you just want to hold it for a month and then panic and sell it off, yes, it can be an extremely risky invest investment. But if you have aspirations of building wealth, uh, and if you have the courage to hold on to it, if you have the patience to study uh, cryptocurrencies in its various forms, blockchains, etc., etc., it's an extremely exciting journey to undertake. And uh, I mean, right, Krishna. Um, out of curiosity, aren't those characteristics also true of gold? As in, did you invest in gold earlier? How do you view Bitcoin? Vis-a-vis -vis gold. Uh, so, yes, I mean, uh, like, you know, in all traditional Indian families, everybody has gold, right? So I bought gold as well. But honestly, to tell you, I have been a little divided about it throughout my youth uh, and even now. Uh, like gold, to me, I don't know, it might be a very good hedge against, uh, you know, 
volatility etc but uh, it seems to me that it's a dead investment and what actually spooks me a little bit about gold is this that like with bitcoin we know that there are only ever going to be 21 million bitcoin ever minted that's like a thing written in stone but with gold we don't know i mean we find some huge mine suddenly and then what elon musk Probably is trying this. to mine gold in uh, on on mars mars oh, there you go <laughs> <laughs> so anyway so that's my two cents thank you so much for allowing allow me to speak thank you right thank you so just, much just want to add one Our thing here the- to to krishna's thing um so so go, bitcoin is not volatile in in my opinion it's a completely new ecosystem so one bitcoin is always one bitcoin it is the us dollar which goes up and down so you you have to see it from that uh, point of view yeah right uh, folks our colleague prasid has joined us prasid do you want to add something hey hi i no i don't really i want to add something i just wanted to ask a question actually uh, you know i i cover technology and whenever i look at uh, sort of crypto markets the decision of uh, what to invest in is based on the tech right so <clears throat> invest in cardano because it's an ethereum competitor it has smart contracts and so on and so forth and so on i just wanted to understand how you guys you know choose which asset to invest in and which sort of not to is it also based on tech or do you actually have these metrics and all that are considered uh siddharth i think siddharth would be the right yeah. person uh that's a great question prasid so basically unlike equities like you know if you if you want to invest in say tata or reliance you'll see their order books you'll see their profits and you know why and why and all those things but in crypto it is you cannot there is no order book right it's decentralized there is nobody behind it so what we see is the the number of users the number of nodes the wallets the transaction speed the transaction fee the uh, the number of miners who are or, or the nodes again who are who are validating that transaction so when we see bitcoin bitcoin has the highest number of users you can see it's all transparent right you can see the number of wallets uh, everyday transaction the miners hash rate all those things are clearly visible so and similarly with uh, ethereum you know there is etherscan.io you can go on etherscan for bitcoin you can go to blockchain.com and see the explorer you see all these parameters they are all visible so now when people are seeing uh, okay now now what happens is is bitcoin is not a smart contract platform it is more of a store value and it has only one purpose of transferring value from one wallet address to other wallet address but ethereum enables you to write smart contracts now because ethereum is a very widely used uh, network there is a lot of congestion in the network and the transaction fee is high and also the the transaction speed is low so now cardano is coming as a third generation smart contract platform which reduces the transaction uh, fee and increasing increases the transaction speed and the the smart contracts are easier to write so that's how the technology evolves here now the the cardano blockchain the solana blockchain solana is a very good block upcoming blockchain so these blockchains they enable you to do several things mint nfts uh you know do uh, make smart contracts make your own tokens create defi protocols and stuff like that so when you do that the value of the underlying asset which enables you to run it right like it on the ethereum platform ether is the token on cardano platform ada is the token on solana platform sol sol is the token 
so so when as as and when more and more users come in it's it's you know you can apply the metcalfe's law of telecommunications over so here essentially essentially network effect exactly right? the metcalfe's law of telecommunication people... is is the network effect yes sorry could you clarify what telecommunication metcalfe's m e t c a l f e s uh, metcalfe's law so basically it it's uh, signifies that if i am the per one person on this planet having a mobile phone i basically cannot make any calls but since you have it and you know now everybody else have it the value of my phone increases because i can make calls and even those guys can make calls so the network grows and it adds value to each and every uh you know res, uh, node on that network right so node is like the phone here right okay um great uh, we have two more questions i think and we'll have to close at 8:30 so gorav please go ahead hey hi everyone <clears throat> so a couple of questions one is that the bitcoin is uh, yeah gorav uh, can you speak up a little your uh, voice is a little okay. okay okay am i am i better audible now uh yes better okay just a couple of questions one is a technical one which is that uh, currently the bitcoin mining is uh, superlatively easy compared to the longer run so as and when the number of bitcoins reduce the mining would be even harder going forward and ultimately there may be a stage where all the bitcoins are minted or maybe a few thousand or couple ones are left out where like you have just two miners left over in the market and then there is the scenario of 51% outrun and then the transactions are just controlled between a few couple of miners so what are your views on that given the very long term perspective from a long term holding perspective and long term usage of bitcoin in itself second question like uh, as the central banks of each countries are rising up to the trend of creating their own stable coins backed up by several assets and suppose uh, india tomorrow comes up with its own stable coin which everyone is currently thinking upon then how does that change the overall uh, use case around the bitcoin in itself because it's all about transparency in the transactions no one regulating it and if the central banks are promising that with a stable coin with just an overlook at the overall flow that is happening just monitoring the flow but keeping everything anonymous so that they have at least a control on the m1 and m2 money supply flow so how do you uh, what is your view on that uh so that uh, if you would like to take up the bitcoin mining question yes and ashish later if you can take the central bank and uh, cbd sure uh, sure so uh, uh gorav the the mining is programmed based on time okay so every 10 minutes there will be one block mined and till 2140 that's almost 100 uh 20 years from now till then the mining will keep on going based on time so even if there is one node also active uh the the blocks will be based uh, uh, you know it will keep on going based on time now a lot of people are saying that 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 51% attack thing which you mentioned now if you want to do a 51% attack the cost of doing that attack is almost 1 and 1/2 billion dollars okay for and and that will enable you to reverse only one block because the moment other nodes uh identify that you know this block this this node you can see it on the network it's all transparent so they'll they suppose you are abc and you are trying to, you have spent 1.5 billion dollars to reverse one block the other nodes the other there are there are thousands of nodes so other nodes will know that this 
this ABC node has tried to reverse this, uh, you know, uh, block, they will kick you out of the network, you know. So whatever you have done basically is going to a waste. So I don't think so doing a 51% attack is feasible. And theoretically, if even if you do it, it is now it is impossible. So the 51% attack which happened was back in 2013 when the network was very small. Now the network has become so big that doing a 51% attack is almost impossible. And uh, to add on the CBDC thing, CBDCs are centralized and Bitcoin is decentralized. It doesn't require any KYC. All you need is the a code. That's all. Uh, over to you. So uh, uh, Ashish, for the 51% like attack... Sorry. Uh, yeah. Sorry, Gaurav. Please go ahead. Yeah, so the 51% attack, based on my understanding, the scenario is that uh, based on all the operating nodes that are involved in mining, you have to just outpace them. So that's why I'm thinking of the long-term view where there is not much uh, value in mining because most of the tokens are minted and eventually suppose you have just two to three nodes left in the overall transaction space. So it's fairly easy to carry out that 51% attack in my opinion, or am I wrong in saying that? No, uh, no, you are out there. No, no, it is. It is a very uh, see. Looking at the network size, I don't think so. It is possible anymore, and uh, and the the harder it becomes, that means there are more more people fighting for it, right? So it's it's like a fight. If there are ten people and the eleventh comes for the same apple, it is it becomes even more difficult. So the harder it is to mine. That that means there are more number of nodes uh, trying to catch that block, right? So, I mean, it, it's going to take a little while. So, I'll I'll if you want, you can ping me. We can discuss it later. Uh, over to you, uh, Neil. Uh, yeah. Neil, Neil uh, sorry, this is Prasid. Uh, sorry, this about the fifty-one percent attack. We are also. Uh, I mean, given that Ethereum and all, most of these are moving to proof of work, uh, sorry, proof of stake. I think that makes 51% uh, even more difficult, right? Because proof of stake means you can't just put up mining power. You have to put stake yes. your yes. own currency. Yes. It's just that the Bitcoin can't move to proof of stake. Yeah, obviously. obviously. Yeah. I think that's one of the reasons why, See, why thank most you. of the... Mm -hmm the new coins are all proof of stake, right? It's like the more ESG-friendly version, right? In, in some sense. Uh, so, so anyway, so, so I'll take the, the central bank uh, uh, aspect question that, that was asked. So what's happening is that the, the central bank or the CBDCs, which are coming out, digital currencies by central bank, which they are evaluating whether it's a digital yuan, digital dollar, or whichever way. So the central banks want to control the payment systems. They didn't want to, or rather, they don't want to lose control of the payment systems. And if you have a, a currency uh, or, or a coin, uh, whether it's Bitcoin, Ether, or whichever, uh, coming and taking over all the invoicing, trade finance, all those kind of uh, core banking applications, then they lose control of uh, their currency. And it starts hurting the monetary policy of a country and uh, the overall money supply. So, so what happens is that uh, in order to make sure that that does not happen, they're kind of jumping or throwing their hat into the game. I mean, there's still a lot of discussion going on in G7 guidelines coming up, getting all central banks to agree on something is it's quite difficult also, but it's mainly to make sure that the payment systems do not go outside of central banking domain. And that's that's the main reason why uh, they are getting into 
uh, issuing digital currencies. Uh, whereas the appeal of these uh, digital currencies or crypto coins is actually very different. I, I'm a bit skeptical about uh, how much uh, traction or how much acceptance uh, a coin issued by a central bank is going to have. In early days to, to think about it. Uh, but it's it's just that the the appeal, the HODL nature, and all those those kind of uh, 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 appeal that that typically coins have, it it just loses if it becomes more centralized with the central bank. The whole concept was decentralized, right? So I'm not sure whether that's really a concept that's going to take off. Uh, but yes, definitely in order to control the payment systems, they have to uh, go in that particular uh, uh, direction. Right. Thanks, Ashish. I think one last question now from Nitesh. Uh, hi, Siddharth Neel. I just had a question. Like, uh, uh, whatever Sorry, Nitesh, there's a lot of background disturbance. If you could uh, maybe speak uh, from a headphone, uh, that might be better. Uh, is it fine now? Still a lot of disturbance. Uh, I, I really don't know if it's a festive season, so people are like <laughs> going crazy. Right. Uh, I have a very simple question because I have been tracking uh, blockchain from 2010. So tracking means I have been reading and writing about it uh, on my personal diary. And any every discussion that I had or I've seen, uh, it was like it was never meant to replace the existing system or assets. So what do you what what you guys think about? Because I do not think Bitcoin was or any uh, crypto asset was meant to replace any existing one. Right. Um, meant or not, it seems to have to some extent dis displaced gold and potentially equity, as Ashish was saying, at least in uh, some of his clients' portfolios. But would anybody like to take that? You know, an unintended I, consequence. I think it is. I think it is an. Uh, alternative right so if you want to send somebody money in the us you you just had one option to go to your bank uh, do a swift transaction submit all the all the documents and everything there was no other alternative then western union came and all these things but they're still still complicated bitcoin is an alternative which enables you to do the same thing provided the recipient is ready to accept it and uh, you can do the transaction in uh, in less than one minute. So, uh, it's, so that it's I, not hyper Bitcoinization where everybody starts accepting Bitcoin and dollar goes to the dogs. You know, it's it's not like that. It is an alternative. Uh, so that I like uh, I've uh, like attended one spaces one by uh, Coin uh, 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 by uh, Ashish like they, he's a uh, CEO of a uh, Indian exchange crypto exchange he was like they're trying to switch to the equity side of it like they know that the crypto the people who are buying crypto are very young it is 18 to uh, 30 they can say but they're trying to after the a like uh, after some time you want to have a left less riskier portfolio so that's what I have asked right can I add a point here if allowed by the panel 
Okay, very quickly, Gora. We have sure uh, about two minutes left. Yeah, sure thing. So, Nitesh, I think it's an also an alternative because if you just look at look back at the history when the Argentina and peso ran over happened, then the people who were able to hold their reserves in the Bitcoin were still uh, able to beat the runover and they were able to preserve the value. So, at times when such runovers happen or when a company or when a country's bond values just becomes garbage, it does help as a as a best alternative in in that case. Yeah, thank you. Right. Uh, Just one more point. So, see, Bitcoin was born to uh, have a peer-to-peer cash transfer ecosystem created. It was not meant to. It was not created to replace gold or equities. It's just how the world has accepted and interpreted it, and that's not the reason why it was formed, or or any other currency for that matter. Yeah. If I may just uh-huh. chip in quickly, Ashish, that's where the risk lies, right? You know, where you know, it, where, where the way we have started looking into from a, from a Bitcoin perspective. Uh, you know, more more from a short term. Of course, you know there was, there was, I think Krishna or someone was talking about holding it for long term. But the way we are looking at it, so like you know, we started the conversation with, is it an alternative to gold? Okay, uh, where, where, you know, and then eventually getting into that, you know, how do we look at crypto from a investment perspective? And just just the last bit here, uh, guys. I know we're we're possibly running out of time, but I think for everybody listening, look for anything to be like a hard asset, right? To be considered, and this question are around replacing other assets. I think if one just sort of looks at uh, cryptocurrencies or bitcoins on just these three, right? You need these three parameters, which is scarcity, which means a limited supply, accessibility, so that you know something that the market will value and accept overall uh, around the world globally, and durability. And I think you know bitcoin or cryptocurrency does have the potential, but I think we should give it a time. We should give it some more time before we come to a conclusion that yes, this is a great hard asset or can replace other assets. Uh, right. Uh, thanks, Priti. Uh, unfortunately, guys, we are running out of time and won't be able to take any more questions. Uh, so we'll take closing statements now. Uh, Preeti, uh, we'll start with you. What would be your advice to someone who is looking to invest in crypto right now? Well, I think I've said it before as well. I think it's a great time uh, to sort of understand the potential of cryptos. And within crypto, I think Siddharth just laid it out. There's just so much, right? There's Bitcoin, which is uh, sort of the store of value versus something which is, you know, enabling. It's like the email versus the web browser. There's just so much happening in that space. Great to understand. I think in India, till you do not have regulatory uh clarity uh, one should put in the money like i said you know your idiot money the money that you are willing to sort of lose take a risk with uh, that's the money that you can experiment with right now uh, thanks priti ashish are you next uh, is bitcoin really a digital goal or just a passing fancy no i don't think it's a passing fad i think it's it's uh, it's uh, and not just bitcoin many other coins you know whether ethereum or or some other ones i think it's a it's a it's an asset class that has been created for the future and it's going to be one of the mainstream things uh, that you will see in the next decades to come uh, i don't think you should put uh, like a lottery ticket money into it i think you should think of it like a proper asset allocation going with a 2 to 5% allocation to uh, maybe a group of coins 
and yes, hold it for a longer period, just like you're supposed to hold investments for a longer period. Uh, so I don't think uh, you should think of it like a fad. If you're really deep into it, understand the technology, understand the use cases, or why Cardano, why Polygon, or why Ethereum and uh, other networks, or Solana, and so on, and, and love the technology behind it. If you really love the technology behind it, then you'll go in the HODL mode. Uh, but otherwise also as an asset class, partly as a replacement to uh, equities uh, and partly as a replacement to gold, but within two to 5%, but a real allocation and not like throw away money. Right. Uh, thanks, Ashish. Uh, so everything, but there is no true global currency. Uh, Bitcoin, if you, you cannot carry more than 10, 15, $20,000 in your pocket, but you can carry 1 billion, 10 billion, $100 billion worth of Bitcoin in your pocket because it, everything is digital. So it is important to understand that digital value is there. There is there is value behind a password. So it will take time. But uh, a closing remark here is, uh, you know, innovation always comes first, then adaption and regulation. So, you know, the Wright brothers who created the airplane, they did not have the pilot's license. It came later. So you have to see it like that and don't compare it. Uh, you know, I mean, it is too much to ask for when you are comparing Bitcoin with gold because, you know, gold has a 3,000, 5,000 year old history and Bitcoin is just 10 years and it is still now kind of neck to neck with gold. So um, it is unprecedented. Uh, learn about it. It is very important to learn about it, how it works, because there is... You have not learned. See the the argument why everybody, uh, uh, a lot of uh, you know traditional investors don't like Bitcoin is because they have not learned about it. You have to open your mind, forget what you have learned, and see the new unprecedented ecosystem. And you will, I'm sure you will like it. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you, Siddharth. Uh, Harshad, what would be your advice to investors? Uh, what kind of allocation they can have to crypto? Uh, sure. So you know. The, the way to go about it from an allocation perspective for any investor, the idea should be to build a core portfolio across the asset classes predominantly with equity, debt, or any other asset class that you understand well. There was a very good point that Siddharth touched based on. It's very important to understand, you know, wherever you are investing. Yeah. So, so till the time, you know, we are not very sure about how does the Bitcoin works and how, you know, how it can help us in future. It is better to avoid from an allocation perspective. Once you come to know about it, yes, you can add more. Yeah. What we have seen is, you know, it's better to avoid peer pressure. You know, someone did touch base on that. There are a lot of young people there investing and, you know, a lot of colleague pressure and young, you know, peer peer pressure comes in. Yeah. Uh, you know, we should, keeping it very simple, we should invest into uh, instruments or asset classes uh, which are based on our needs and not on the base of what is what is in fashion. So that, that's one thing which I would like to, you know, put forward. Yeah, understand the asset class, even though Bitcoin, there are a lot of people who do not understand gold so far. Okay, uh, so that's another another point. Okay, uh, of course, you know, uh, as there is a limited supply of gold, there is equally limited supply of Bitcoin. Yeah. Considering all those things, can Bitcoin be an alternative in the asset allocation of, uh, or or as an alternative towards gold uh, in your overall asset allocation? Could be, you know, it could be quite early to say that. So, so you know, I would I would say that it is better to learn about the you know the about the instrument, understand it well, and then venture into it. Otherwise, and this this, this has to be also done based on the uh, you know uh, on the on the additional or surplus that you have. So, predominantly right now, if anyone wants to venture into Bitcoin, 
okay you should have your core portfolio already built or you may have a higher risk appetite yeah and probably some part of your play money or experiment money that you have that you can try to invest with bitcoin and then probably see how it unfolds for you right uh, thanks ashit uh, well folks it is now time to end this uh, today's space session uh, thank you everyone on the panel for participating in this session and thank you listeners for tuning in thank you thank you thank you thank you everyone thank you uh, good night and happy thank you neil abhishek thank you guys thank you for tuning in we will be back next week with a fresh episode if you have any questions or comments you can reach out to me at neil.b@livemint.com to give us feedback you can reach out to us also on ht smartcast we are present on facebook twitter instagram youtube linkedin and clubhouse to listen to more podcasts log on to htsmartcast.com और सुनो नए नजरिए से दिस वॉज अ मिंट प्रोडक्शन प्रॉट यू बाय एच टी स्मार्ट कास्ट एच टी स्मार्ट कास्ट